the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Pastor John Allworth. behaviors and addictions are rampant in our society. People are in bondage to alcohol, drugs, pornography, codependent relationships, and more. If you or a loved one is stuck in the cycle of shame, guilt, and continued destructive behavior, keep listening. Recovery Radio Houston with Pastor John Allworth and Tony D starts now. They'll take your calls and share how the healing power of a personal relationship with Christ saved them and can do the same for you or your loved ones. God wants you to walk into the light. Recovery Radio Houston is live. Good afternoon, Southeast Texas. Uh, If you're driving out there, I hope you're driving safe. We are coming to you live from the KKHT studios out to the Southwest Freeway. It is a pleasure and an honor to be with you. You know, God does want people to walk out of the darkness and into his marvelous light. He wants that for everyone. You know, it's not just addiction to alcohol and drugs. There's addiction to all kinds of things in our society. There's addiction to pornography. There's addiction to money. There's addiction to lust. There's addiction to all kinds of things. And everybody, you know, the way we look at it here at Recovery Radio Houston is that everyone is recovering from something. So we all need help with either it's anger, jealousy, but certainly drugs and alcohol. We've had a pandemic in this country for decades, if not centuries, with alcohol and, and, and drugs. And, you know, it just doesn't get the attention that it needs to. And there's a, there's a vaccine for, for this particular pandemic, and his name is Jesus Christ. And that's what this program is about. It's about the hope that the Lord Jesus offers to people who accept his hand of help this helping hand and and who who changes their lives and experience the transformative power of christ let's pray real quick father god we just come to you with great just such gratitude father for all the miracles that you're still doing lord we see you're still in the miracle business and we see it in the recovery community on a daily basis father and we we thank you for that we we hope that you'll send everyone that that uh needs help uh, into a Bible-based church, into faith-based recovery, and into secular recovery, Father, so they can get the help they need. And we hope they'll turn their hearts to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, we're going to have a very special guest today. It's a good friend of mine. His name is Philip Anthony Sines Hall. He's the author of the book, From the Bullet to the Bible, A Gangster's Tale. And, uh, you know, this the Bible is full of stories of transformation. And, uh, they're, they're, you know, we've got a program Monday afternoons called The Transformation transformative power of Christ. And the reason we called it that is because we've lived that. And my guest today, Philip Anthony Science Hall has as well. So let's welcome Philip to the program. Uh, Philip, are you on the line? I'm here, man. Can you hear me? 
Hey, brother, how are you? Philip and I have become friends over the last uh, several months. We're fellow brothers in Christ, and he's a good, wonderful man, and he's got a ministry that he's taken nationwide, and we're going to tell the folks about it. Philip, it's it's good to hear your voice, my brother. How have you been? Yeah, it's been a minute. It's been kind of crazy down here in Texas. For the first time, we had freezing temperatures out where I'm at and a bunch of broken pipes, so... A lot of praying going on this last week. <laughs> well, we've all needed a lot of prayer. You know, it's 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 a crazy. Uh, when I preached on Sunday, I talked about, uh, you know, how we've we're here in Houston anyway. We've come from Hurricane Harvey and then the pandemic and 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 then the great freeze of of twenty twenty one. So, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just been crazy. Well, tell us what is uh, what is a gangster's t- uh, from the bullet to the Bible a gangster's tale. Tell us what what it's, is that book? What is it ministry? It's, it's my it's my testimony. Uh, man, it's it's it's. I believe my book is based on its foundation is the power of prayer, and you know it's by the grace of God and Jesus Christ dying on the cross, and and the power of prayer not by myself but more importantly by others over me throughout my life. Where the Lord strategically placed these people in my life uh, at a very young age, and I didn't know it, and I've ran from Him my whole life. So the book talks about uh, you know. Uh, my salvation, you know, because all praise and glory to my Lord and Savior, because if not uh, without Him and without the power of prayer, I'm a dead man. And uh, it started when I was young, you know, I, I took to the streets at a young age due to the, the violence and the chaos in my home. Uh, I think there's an old country song that says, uh, you go looking for love in all the wrong places. Well, um, you know, you if know, you don't find love in your home, you, you will go find it elsewhere. And, yeah, you sure will. You know, Philip, it's it's interesting that you mentioned that because I actually gave a sermon not too long ago looking for love in all the wrong places because so many of us do that. But, you know, you mentioned some things, and I think that's one of the reasons that you and I have bonded so much. You mentioned, because uh, this show is about hope, and you mentioned how we run from the Lord, but he's always, his hand is always there. He never gives up on us, and he's always got his outstretched hand, and he's always putting people in our path that are there to help us, and, and fortunately one day the light goes on, and 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 we take that hand, and he's yeah. always there, no matter what. You know that's that's the point of that wonderful parable, the prodigal son, as well as many other portions of the Bible. So now, when we say from the bullet to the Bible, and we're we're going to back up a little bit and go through some of your testimony, but you were actually in the mob. Am I correct about that? Yeah, from street gangs. You know, as the world turns, at a young age, eight years old, I'm seeing the the gangs on the streets, and I'm starting to hang around with these guys, and they become like like my brotherhood, my family. Um, and then as I got older, and the more uh, the closer I got to them, and the further away from home, uh, less Jesus in my life. Uh, my crime crimes became greater, uh, if you will, and uh, my my anger for life and the world became stronger. I had started to develop hate at a young age. At, at 13 years old, I'm a member of the Warlords. Uh, I'm running the streets. I'm robbing a lot of people. And one day I robbed the wrong guy. Uh, Mr. Mr. Giovanni um, robbed one of his uh, his his shopping marts. He, there was a strip mall in my neighborhood. And uh, at that age, I didn't read very much. And I didn't, last thing I read were signs. Uh, but above the, his strip mall, it was uh, like Giovanni's Hardware Store, Giovanni's Liquor Store, Giovanni's Restaurant, Giovanni's Food Mart, and so on. And uh, I used to collect football cards and baseball cards. And I don't know if kids do that anymore, but my uh, my problem was I didn't like paying for them. So uh, we robbed his store one time, and 
uh, I remember uh, looking back as he was chasing us out of the store and screaming, oh, you'll never catch me, you fat, and used a few choice words. And this tells you the mindset of the mafia. Be careful who you who you rob and who you mess with in life, you know? Oh, well, you're lucky so. you survived that, my brother. But so, <laughs> anyway, you, what, let me ask you a couple questions about that. You, what age did, were you, you were, first of all, where were you? This was in Denver, Colorado? This was in Lakewood, Colorado, just outside of Denver. I had grown up in Denver, and all my friends, uh, the Warlords was the group I became a member of at and that time. And what age were, did uh, you join that gang? West Side Street Gang. What, what age did you join that gang? I was jumped in when I was about 14, 15 years old. Uh, I started running with them when I saw it when I was about 13. And let me ask you this, uh, because, you know, this is a recovery show. Were drugs and alcohol involved in... in I was drinking, brothers, when I was... uh, My first taste of alcohol was when I was about eight years old. I used to actually drive my grandfather to the liquor store. He taught me how to drive, and uh, he would get wild turkey and... I'd have coffee with him sometimes, morning and evening, and he'd put it in my coffee. And uh, I was always drinking beers with with the warlords. Yeah, at a very young age. Isn't that, isn't that sad how, how we're all exposed to that? and, and so many. My of celebration uh, after I was initiated was getting me drunk till I threw up. Yeah, what a great celebration. Huh? Um, you know, but God's delivered me from these things. And when I think about alcohol now, I just think about hangovers. He's so good. God is so good. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> reminds you why he yeah, shouldn't he be doing does, it. He does, man. He's so good. So, all right. So you're, you're, you, Mr. Giovanni's chasing you, and I take it he caught you. A year later. A year later. tells okay. you how the mob works. When I told him, you'll never catch me, a year later, I happened to be coming from school uh going home and his supermarket was right was on my way i'd pass through it and i used to stop and look at the pastries you know and it was eye candy for me and i remember walking by the restaurant and somebody grabbed me so quick it about left me out of my shoes slapped me around drug me through the back of a restaurant i saw the tables flying by and got me in the back room and bloodied my nose up and uh I remember him looking me in the face and say, I'll never catch you, you fat guy you told me. And I was like, whoa. And he goes, you're the kid been robbing me. And I freaked out. And I said, what are you going to do? Are you going to call the cops, man? What, what's going to happen? And I, he said, uh, no, do you think the cops are going to pay me the money you stole from me? No. What you're going to do is you're going to go home. You're going to tell your father what you did. And you're going to get a black pair of pants and a white shirt. And you're going to be here to, at work to work for me tomorrow, and you're going to pay me back every penny. Wow. And how long did you end up working for him? I was probably about three years. And so how did you get, you know, at some point uh, you became what we proverbially know as, as a made man. Is that right? John took me under his wing, and like I said, the devil's waiting for you in all shapes and sizes. Yes, he is. And as I worked at that restaurant, um, he fattened me up. I mean, you on the on the plus side, you, as a kid, you, you can never go wrong working in an Italian restaurant. I'll tell you that. Yeah, you know, I worked in one myself, and I, I worked my way through college as a waiter in an Italian restaurant. It's not a bad gig, I agree. But yeah, there was there were some complications with this one, though, my friend. So uh, yeah, this was to pay him back. And, yeah, and he let, paid me my hourly wage, and I think it was like uh, two dollars and ten cents or something back then. He kept my my tips. And he saved him up, and unbeknownst to me, he was saving him up. And little by little, he got to know me, and he 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 
chased my my gangster friends away. He didn't want them at the at the restaurant, and he was the only guy to ever ask me how I was doing in school. Wow. Uh, none of my that didn't happen in my house. Uh, parents didn't ask that. We didn't ask about grades or nothing. Um, and uh, I thought, wow, not that this guy's nosy, but this guy cares about me. Uh, and I lied to him. I said I was, uh, man, I'm doing okay. I, I do this and I do that. And and he went to backhand me on the back of the head. And he said, don't you lie to me. You're failing this class. You're failing math. You're fail-. so he knew everything about me. Um, and I didn't know what the mafia was at that age. But I knew people frequented that restaurant. They do- they drove the nicest cars. They wore the nicest clothes, uh, and they didn't seem to have a care in the world. Very secretive, and I knew they looked powerful. Uh, everybody respected them. Uh, cops waved at them, and it was like they were celebrities, but nobody really knew them. And I knew somewhere in my heart I wanted to be part of that. Yeah, that's appealing to a kid, you know, and then you grow up in a poor part of town and, and you see that money being flashed around and, uh, you know, but it's got its consequences. It really does. So you oh, ended, so many yeah, uh, things so, in this world. Yeah, you ended up, uh, w- let's go fast forward a little bit. You ended up uh, deep into uh, w- what kind of criminal activities were you involved in? Well, I, I uh, had an opportunity as I got older, uh, thanks to Big John, to move away from my hometown and go to Dallas, Texas, and pursue a job in the theater world uh, as a manager. And um, you have to get the book to fill in all the blanks. But um, I did, I couldn't make it as a manager. I couldn't. I had a problem with authority. I had a problem with following rules. And I would call John constantly, telling him, "Man, I just can't do this." I ended up actually robbing the theater I was in. Uh, for for thousands of dollars, and I I got fired. Lucky didn't go to jail. Um, and I called John one night, and I had been drinking, and he was having some wine, and I I literally was begging him for an opportunity to use a guy like me, not knowing what I was asking. And he said, "No way, man. Go out and learn a trade." He did everything he could per se to keep me away. And then one night he called me back and said, "You really." You really want to do what I do? And I said, yes, man, you got to have room for me. And he said, stay by the phone. Somebody's going to call you. And uh, I received a phone call in Dallas um, for the La Barba, from uh, Carlo La Barba. And they owned a bunch of produce uh, in northern Dallas stores. And uh, they were connected to family and the Marcellus people out of uh, Louisiana. And I didn't know these families or what they meant yet, but I showed up, uh, I was given a, an address, and I showed up. They handed me a, uh, an envelope with uh, an individual's information in it, and it had an amount, and I knew that that was going to be my first collection. And I went to work for Mr. LaBarba here in Dallas. And so how long did you were you involved in that collection work? Um, pretty much my whole career. I took my, uh, I got inducted when I went back to Denver into the Small Dome family. And that was May 11th, 1991. That was one day after my oldest son was born. Um, so that's that's when it started for me. And I was doing collections, graduated to extortion, uh, got some business together, graduated to fencing, racketeering, uh, charges, which all would come upon me later on. And uh, I got into gun running and trafficking, uh, guns and drugs, and introduced the the families to the Juarez cartel in about the mid-90s. 
late so, 90s. Yeah, then you developed your Mexico connection, and, and what kind of business were you involved in with them? Yes, I was running guns from the States, trading it for cocaine and steroids uh, back then, and other medical medical things you just couldn't get over the counter here. And I was accepted. I'm what you know in the mafia is made. I can't ever take the term made man, but I can take a trusted associate, even though I still took the blood oath, because my father is Latino descent, my mother is the Italian descent, and in the mafia, your father has to be uh, Sicilian, to be Italian, to be not necessarily Sicilian. You know, we're gonna t- we're gonna take a little break here. The benefit of doing this live is is that I get to promote my own ministries here in the middle and do do a commercial. Hey, man, go for it, brother. Yeah, uh, but I want you to I, I want the folks out there to know that we're gonna we're about to talk about the turnaround because as you, as you can see, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this this man was deep into uh, the crime world, and you're about to hear about an amazing transformation because there is nothing impossible for God. If if you're out there and, and you're under a bridge right now and or you're, you know, don't know, you know, you're drinking too much, you're popping too many pills, you're stealing to support your habit or, you know, more likely than that, you know, somebody like that, that you love and that you care about and you're worried about them. There's always hope with Jesus Christ. And you're about to hear about it. Turn around and, and the wonderful, amazing ministry that this man has now. Uh, Jesus Christ can transform anyone. And as the Bible tells us, uh, you know, Saul was was killing christians and he became paul who wrote the third of the bible and and spread the gospel to of peace and love to the gentiles but anyway let me promote my ministries first of all we've got a ministry called break every chain that meets on on friday nights it meets at 901 wilson road at new covenant church at seven o'clock on friday nights we'll be there this friday uh, we have praise and worship and then we we have a biblical message and and then we break into men's and women's groups it's called break every chain it's for people that are suffering under the bondage of addiction and under the bondage of anything really as i started the program we're all recovering from something and then i've got something uh, my friend philip that, that i want to announce that and i'd love it if you could make it down to this um we are, as you know, we started a church, New Covenant Church, Greater Heights, uh, yeah. on March the 1st, uh, 2020, right before the pandemic hit. Then we got locked out of our building. But we are going, resuming. We've been on Facebook. If you want to check out our services, we've been having services every Sunday on Facebook at New Covenant Church, Greater Heights, on our Facebook page. But we are so excited. We are going back into the building on March the 7th. Uh, we're going to start live, so resume live services at 240 uh, West 18th Street. That's in downtown in the heart of the heights 240 west 18th street we are a non-denominational bible-based spirit-filled church uh, we believe in the uh, that a personal relationship with jesus christ can lead to the uh, life-changing transformative power of that relationship with jesus christ and we're so excited you know we're going to encourage masks and we're going to have part of the sanctuary is going to be uh you know, every other row, so people that are comf- you know not comfortable getting can socially distance and things like that. But we're so excited! I'd love it if you'd come, Philip. It's it's going to be March the seventh, Sunday at six p.m. We're going to start with night services, New Covenant Church, Greater Heights, non denominational, Bible based. We believe in the power of the of the Holy Spirit, and uh, we're, we're going to be back March the seventh. I can't wait to to go back to live preaching. So uh, anyway, that that's going to be exciting. So Philip, we, we're we need to kind of fast forward here a little bit at some point this all came crashing down to you and uh and and you got arrested what happened well i had my my first addiction 
was uh, probably power. Yeah. I, I was addicted to the power that we had, being part of this 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 mafia, this this family, this group who had so much control and so much strength. And then I became addicted to to violence, um, watching people suffer, watching people hurt, and knowing that I had say in that, and I controlled that to extort money. Um, later on, I, I, in in all the trials, I broke a big mob rule and. Uh, in the mafia, they say they don't deal in drugs. Uh, I, I'm going to call that a myth, but all the bad guys deal in drugs, but uh, you were not to use them. And one day I, I tempted uh, fate, and I smoked some cocaine, and it took my brain and my heart far away. Uh, I started, uh, I smoked about $60,000 worth in a month, uh, oh, in a wow. few months, I'm sorry, and it took my mind and my and my soul and all of my business ventures that I was doing, all my crime activity started to fail. I was missing vigs. I was missing uh, collections. I was falling apart, going nuts. My family, everybody knew it but me, and I thought I could hide this addiction. You know, isn't that funny? And, because that's the people that are addicts. They all think that we think we can hide things, but you know, and we don't want to get help because we don't want anybody to know. Everybody knows. Hello, <laughs> you know, yeah. when you when you're deep in it, man. People know, and we fool ourselves thinking that we're you know that we're functioning. There's no such thing as a functioning addict. You know, it just gets progressively worse. So you got arrested. Uh, you're in jail, and because uh, I want to get to, we're running out of time, and I want to get to to a couple things, including what you're doing today uh and you're in jail and you've got all kinds of charges you're looking at years if not life in prison and tell tell the folks what your brother came and told you i'm looking at 20 to life uh i'm still running from jesus and uh, my one my younger brother come to know christ before i did amen and and uh he came to visit me i'm in teller county colorado just about ready to go to to Canyon City, uh, my trials are coming up, and he—he, he, I hadn't seen him for quite some time, and he was one of the visitors. He came to see me and told me and expressed how Jesus Christ was in his life, and I was like, "Well, good for you, you know." But I could see his fervor. Uh, I just wasn't in a position to accept that, and and he tried introducing me uh, three different on three different occasions, and every time he would come visit he would open with prayer and then he would leave uh, close with prayer and, and that was a beautiful thing but I just wasn't there uh, but he was still praying over me and after uh, a few nightmares and some Jesus was, was working on me I'll just tell you that uh, and a bet on a dare when I told my brother to stop praying for me because of the nightmares and the conviction I was feeling he said I I'll never stop praying for you and I said no brother you need to stop praying for me now because if you don't, uh, I'm going to disown you. I'm canceling your visits, and I'm going to disown you as my brother. I'm getting ready for life in prison. I don't need this stuff. And um, he said, you know what, I'll never stop praying for you, bro. And I could see his eyes watering up. And he said, but um, let's make a deal. I said, what you got? And he says, let's say a miracle happens. Let's say you don't do 20 years. Let's say you don't do 15. Heck, let's say you don't do 10. Let's say you don't do 10. If you get out, barring a miracle, will you come to church with me one day uh, to meet Pastor Brian Sertowal out in Denver? And I said, that's all i got to do, and you'll stop that in here? And he says, yeah, that, that's it, man. And he said, but I'll never stop praying for you. 
but I won't do it in here. And I said, okay, you got a deal, because I got news for you. The judge and the prosecutor I'm going in front of, man, they're much bigger than your Jesus. This is reality, bro, and I'm glad you got the T-shirt, but I don't want him in my life now. And uh, when he got up to leave, he stopped and looked back, and I seen he was just brokenhearted. And with tears, he said, I'm going to prove to you Jesus is real. Uh, my case had come up. My attorney died when I was getting all my uh, paying for him, and all my money was coming through him. Uh, so that was cut off, and I was appointed a, a public defender. And it was I was her first case. So you I know, thought, you know, Philip, I'm going to have to interrupt you because unfortunately we're used to doing this for an hour, <laughs> but we've, oh, Lord, we've only got two more minutes. So I'm going to summarize things, and then I want you to get, I want I want you to, to tell us where, where we can find what you're doing. You know, what happened, folks, is is that the DA lost the file, and uh, they had to dismiss all the charges, and yes. the miracle came true. And uh, Philip went to church in Denver. We're going to have him back on, and we'll get we'll we'll flesh out this story some more. Maybe we'll just start on the back half. And uh, the the church, and he accepted Jesus Christ. It didn't happen right away, but he accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. And then he got where, you know, in 2 Corinthians 5.17, says, we are new creations in Christ, and he became one. And he got where he couldn't put the Bible down. He started absorbing it, and now he's got uh, this ministry where he's going nationwide. He's got a radio show that he's on weekly. It's called the Bullet to the Bible Ministry. He's been on radio shows in, in Florida and California, across the nation. And they're doing a documentary on this whole case because it's so amazing. And he's a man of incredible courage that he's willing to come on and talk here about his uh, experiences with the mafia and the way that Jesus Christ turned him around. We're going to have you on in a couple of weeks, and we're going to talk focus more on the turnaround. But unfortunately, we're just out of time today. But I love you, my brother. I appreciate you coming down. If Amen, you, brother. If you can make it March 7th, uh, you and I can talk about that later. But I want to invite everybody to come out March the 7th to New Covenant Church, Greater Heights. 240 West 18th Street. You know, we're, we're a Bible-based church. We believe in the in the transformative, life-changing power of Jesus Christ, an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. And uh, we just love to see you all there. We're, and like I say, sometimes everybody's recovering from something. So we're going to talk about, you know, real fundamental things, that practical things that people can do in their lives uh, to change their lives. Jesus wants to have, uh, you know, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus came so that we may have life and may have it abundantly. And, I, you know, that's what we're about is we want to shout from the mountaintops what Jesus Christ has done for us. Philip, we thank you for coming on the show, brother. I'm I'm sorry we, we ran out of time because we could, you know. Hey, when, when you're talking about the Lord, man, there's, there's never enough time. There's so. never <laughs> enough time. That's right, brother. Well, I'll get you on in two or three weeks. We're going to have the Open Door Mission on next week. Uh, Tommy Thompson and Philip Vaughn, we're going to talk about the wonderful work they're doing at the Open Door Mission. So we'll see you. Uh, we're going to have to get used to this new 25, 30-minute format. But, uh, brother, it's good talking to you again, and we'll have you on in a few weeks and, and do it again and finish out this story. So you keep doing what you're doing and uh, and, and keep singing Jesus' praise across the state and nation. Amen? Amen. If anybody wants to, to just check me out, they can just look up from the bullet to the Bible, and that'll find, you'll find me. Amen. Thank you, Philip. God bless you. God bless you, my brother. Bye-bye. Amen.